Cleveland, that that hell, whatever. Ain't nobody thinking of Cleveland. Arizona. They're, they're going to beat Arizona by 30 points. I, I will say this. Some people around here like to, you know, try to pull your card. You spoke about the Therese card. I'm 93%. You called it on Sammy Watkins. Last week yeah. you said, I feel a Sammy Watkins game coming, maybe a buck 20, not quite two touchdowns. But as somebody who has expected more from Sammy Watkins, myself personally, that he should be beating, yesterday was it. Yesterday, to me, he looked more like Clay Thompson as a third <laughs> wheel than Kevin Love as a third wheel. Well, I thought it was always a matter of time with him. And to be clear, I never thought that it was unfair of you to be critical of the performance. you paying $48 million. He's probably going to see a lot of it, if not all of it. You'd like the numbers to be better. But that was always going to come down to that's number one receiver money, but he's not in the number one receiver role in this offense. That's Tyreek Hill. The Z receiver position is the spotlight position. That's the one where you're lined up off the football and you line up wherever you want. And the ball, like most of these reads go through Ty Hill and Travis Kelsey and then Sammy Watkins. It always was going to roll like that. I always kind of view Sammy Watkins as protection against Ty Hill injury or Travis Kelsey injury for a young quarterback that you need to succeed. Now, Mahomes has been performing at an MVP level. So now he's just protection for a generational-type offense. And that's, that's a hell of a thing to have, man. How about Mahomes? Because Mahomes, I test that game yesterday. He was so-so. He wasn't great. And, and yet, he off. statistically, it's 300 yards, four touchdowns, and a rating of 125 is third best of the season. Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't like a vintage kind of Mahomes performance that we're all used to but it's amazing that he doesn't have to give you the A game or the B plus game to, to win games for you guys you just you, you don't necessarily need that the offense is just so well schemed and this is where I hope people really fully appreciate the how lucky you are to have Andy Reid Cleveland is a Cleveland's a mess you oh Cleveland's a mess but you know what Baker Mayfield would, like, give an arm for right now? A steady veteran coach with a system that's in place that he knows will be here with the same terminology from right now until for three years from now with generally the same staff around him. What you have here in Kansas City is that because of Andy Reid. This is, these are the same words they've been using for five, six years here. And that matters when it comes to developing a young quarterback. Patrick Mahomes' ceiling is sky high, and a big reason for that is because the way they've set this thing up is there's going to be consistency with a super capable, innovative head coach. And I think that Andy Reid deserves so much credit for how well uh, Patrick Mahomes ha has started his NFL career. Well, that's the thing. is, you said, <laughs> he doesn't have to be, as we already know, we've reached vintage status. I think, Patrick yeah, Mahomes. I'm going to go there. Vintage. I like, there. It's not only does he doesn't have to be perfect, he can still be okay and put up big-time numbers. He's still over 300 with four touchdown passes, and he appeared to be off a little bit. Like, there seemed, there's to me a couple of balls where it looked like they got away from him, and he had he could have thrown maybe another or one or two more touchdowns. I know it's hard. I know they, they could have <laughs> thrown one or two more touchdowns. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this, Chris, I promise you. I know it, baby. Just take, just take short deep breath. You should have ordered a water. I got to tell you. You should have ordered. 
Let me give my man a water. Somebody. This guy's looking too. You ain't got to talk. You don't have to talk. We got to talk through this. We got to try to talk. I'm telling you. I'm sorry. But but to me, it was a, the first time. Oh, God. The first time this year, it, feel, it felt like Mahomes' weapons kind of lifted him and lifted his numbers instead of it being the other way around. And you know what? Even in the course of that game, though, there were still like oh. two or three like badass throws. The third and other to Kelsey. Yeah. Oh. Like there was still. Here's the thing. We talking about Mahomes like it was like a C performance. It it was basically like a B. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, but the point is like yeah, like even in a performance like that, there was still like some just some badass throws like very few other NFL quarterbacks could make. Um, and you're seeing like the benefit though, right? Because like people are coming to these games now. Like the Chiefs always had sellouts. You know, air quote sellouts. Yeah, They're yeah. having like kind of like real people are coming to see these guys because of that guy. They're selling more merchandise because of this guy. They're gonna be on TV more because of this guy. Like I told you guys, God, a month ago, this is the kind of guy that changes like the franchise in the sense that you make more money. It's a winning franchise every year. People are gonna be willing to come here on a discount if they're old and have a little bit left because they want to win a championship. It's a great position to be in. We're live from Twin Peaks in Olathe, the Torres Paler Show, presented by <laughs> Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Things are going so well now. Maybe I don't know that this happens every year, but things are going so well. Clark Hunt was just like, you know what? Let's have a press conference. Yeah, <laughs> for the right note, this does not just happen, like, you know, in the middle. As best as I can remember, I seem to remember Clark talking toward the end of the season and then after the season. But as far as just like the mid-October rundown, Shoot. I don't really remember that That's being Patrick. the case. Um, things are just going well. It might be. It might be. Uh, actually, when are they doing the when are they doing the home uh, Chiefs Ring of Honor ceremony? That when was the they, last game of the season was, with Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought okay, that was so the final. That's game. typically when he talks to us. So that's. Pretty funny that he just came out and had a press yeah, conference in the right? media room. Confident, huh? You take a question. Therese D. Ford looks like a defensive player of the year candidate through half the season. Does his play lead to the belief that a return to Kansas City is more or less likely? I'm not sure if it's more or less likely, but I know you can't just let him go. You can't. He's going to finish with 12 or 13 sacks or whatever. He's 26 years old. I think he's earned a franchise tag now. He's at least earned he's that, right? He's at least earned that. Are you different from when you started the season? Where, was well, uh, where do you remember me being? At the I don't remember season? it. I'm not, okay. Okay. Are you different from where you were on, on bringing him back? Here's the thing. I always I, – I challenge you to find anybody. I'm going to ring my own. I'm going to pat my go own ahead, back here. Go ahead. Hell, let me the get out the name of the way. show. Hey. I'm, I challenge you to find anybody in the Kansas City media that has more consistently been about giving D4 the chance than me. Like, you're not going to find it because I knew this was in him. He just needed to, like, get healthy, which he seemed to do. And he's in his physical prime now. He's 26. Guys get better at 26. He'll be 27 next year. I always thought he had this kind of season in him. As far as him being a chief long term, I don't know. But I do know this. You'd be really hard-pressed to just let that guy walk in free agency next year. I think he's earned a franchise tag. They might make him earn it because letting D4 walk – at an age 28 season is a lot different than letting him walk at an age 27 season. There's a pretty good chance he could do this again next year at 27 See, years See, this old. is interesting, and this is something we talked about because the fan base, uh, hey, they were so hot at John Dorsey because 
He didn't pay Justin Houston early. He didn't pay Eric Berry early, and he flirted with the fan franchise tag, and he and he signed them after they balled out in years where they had to, where the price went up. And the thing is, as a fan base, are you – because that's what I'm hearing most people talk about. Let's do the franchise. You really willing to take that Let's, chance again? Here's the thing. There's a difference between EB, the all-pro safety, and the all-pro franchise, and Justin Houston and D. Ford as far as production goes leading up to now. Those guys had had established years of kind of like killer production or very good production where it was like, okay, we should just pay them. I mean, God – the year before Tom, before uh, Justin Houston went off for the 22 sacks, he wanted, like, Tom Bahali's contract. I mean, you'd love to give him that deal in retrospect instead right of the $100 million. But, like, I, I, would, I would argue that, you know, there has to be more consistent production. To There would have needed to be more consistent production to feel like that, that, he, de, that he necessarily deserves that kind of, like, you know, hey, we'll just pay you now, respect. Like, Earn it. You know, I, I think I've been consistent about this. I wasn't about letting Eric Berry earn it, and I wasn't about letting Justin Houston earn it. For D4, this is your first killer season. You probably got to do it again. We're live from Twin Peaks in Olathe, less than 24 hours away from the trade deadline. We'll dive into that when we get back. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Live from Twin Peaks in Olathe, it is the Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Your chance to win $1,000 in the National Cash Contest coming up in less than 15 minutes from right now. I, I just, I, I do want to put a little cap on the D4 thing. Is this, is this Justin, how much does Justin Houston have to play in this decision? What do you mean? Just the just because I think about the injury thing is such a big deal. Yeah. And I think that could be for me, in my opinion, that's the only thing to me that you that you should have issues with with D Ford. Because I think if D Ford were healthy over the next four years, I see him as a guy that would be be able to get a double digit sacks every year. I'm confident in that. And I think the organization, at least the fans, look at Justin Houston and D Ford must scare them away even more when you look at what injuries have done to Justin Houston. Yeah, I think if you look at that situation, you have to consider this part of it. Yes, the Justin Houston situation has something to do with the way fans perceive it. But up until, like, he got hurt that year after signing the contract with the knee and tried to play on it, he was generally pretty healthy. Um, healthier than D. Ford has yeah. been. And that's something you have to consider. I, look, when you're talking about paying whatever he's going to He's going to command something for real as a 27-year-old edge rusher. You know, you're looking at the return of investment at age 28, at age 29. And it's basically going to – what if he – so let's say he signed a five-year deal this offseason. He can probably get out of it after he's 29 years old. But you really don't want to be paying for that L if you don't think he's going to be able to hold up physically at age yeah. 29. Or 20. So, like, I can't tell you what their medical report is on D. Ford. They got to be able – they know, the Chiefs know, and whatever the decision is is going to tell you how they feel he's going to project at age 28, 29, and maybe even 30. Whether or not they keep him long-term depends on how healthy they think he can stay. That's it. Therese, we're less than a day away from the trade deadline. Listening to 
Clark Hunt and Andy Reid earlier today. It didn't sound like they uh, had anything in the works. Yeah. Look, the Earl Thomas thing really kind of screwed them up a little bit. Um, they were obviously going to do that, and, you know, that was going to be the big defensive move. We talked. We spent a lot of time talking about Patrick Peterson. You see what's happening in Arizona. They don't want to trade him, which I think is stupid from their part. Um, I, I don't understand how that team – that team's winning three games next year. So I don't really understand what they stand in the game by holding on to a 28-year all-pro corner when they can get two first-round picks for him. But whatever. Um, I don't think Janoris Jenkins is in play. I don't think they want him. No, they, um, they don't. I just, I just look, I, I think at this point they're probably going to roll with what they have. Again, they got the first-round pick, two second-round picks, and it's a strong, strong defensive draft. So they trust their scouting process. They'll still monitor stuff. You never know. Brett's really aggressive. So something might pop off. You know, they, they might trade for a fourth-round pick or something. You, you really don't know with him. But at this moment, as far as like any names, I don't have any for you. It's, to me, it seems like they're probably going to stand tall, stand, hold tight unless something else pops up. Should Chiefs fans be nervous when and if they see the Patriots yeah. make that yeah. wide receiver acquisition? Because that seems to be the hot team right yeah, now. Yeah, this was the first time the Patriots faced Patrick Mahomes and they still beat you. So you think they're not going to be better the next time? And they're probably going to make a move. Apparently they're pretty active right now on the trade market. They want a receiver. You know why? So they can score with you. That's why. And let me tell you something, man. Somebody like Golden Tate would be really good on that team. Golden Tate is good. A great route runner, great runner after the catch. That will give them an offense close to yours. And it, 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 Listen, yes, good question, Ron, yes. Whatever move those guys make, they're scary enough as it is, but whatever move the Pats make, it's going to be something to worry about, especially if the Chiefs don't find a way to upgrade. Yeah, I just, that's just my, like I'm, I'm hearing Deshaun Jackson possibly him. And I've wow. heard Houston is, after Fuller went down, that Houston is looking at that, and that is a team to me that is a funky matchup for the Chiefs as well with those, with those two bookends that can get after the quarterback. So, I mean, I just – it feels like to me when you say and – I, and I know the organization, Minister Smart, when you think about we got a, we got a first and two twos, but damn the first and two twos. This – I mean, this, this, this position that the Chiefs are in right now, it feels like – come on. Well, I'm not saying I agree with it. No, I'm I hear you. That. I'm just saying it feels like, God, Lord, landing. Collins, we heard a lot, but, like, it's just um, something. I will say this, though. They shouldn't just make a move to make a move. I'm actually glad you brought that up because, like, listen, man, Landon Collins, Ha Ha Clinton Dix, there's a pretty big difference between those two and Earl Thomas. And, like, I'm, I mean, you guys know Earl Thomas is rangy. I, told, I said he was what? A sideline, a sideline, a racer. Um, those guys aren't like that. Uh, those, guy, <laughs> those guys aren't like that. Those guys are – are, are, I mean, they have some range, but they're like cover two type safeties that have come down and hit you in the box. Earl was a one high eraser type, and there's like two of those in a whole NFL with Kevin Byard at Tennessee being the other one. Maybe I'm missing a few, but you get the point. Oh, Marcus Williams from the Saints, him too. Those are really hard to find, and that's why they were willing to give up a second round pick for that. Well, I laugh at that because we talked about this last week is I think Landon Collins would be an upgrade at at safety. But if you believe That's that Eric, Eric Berry's coming back, how is the fit with those two? 
it's a duplication of skills. Yeah, okay. It's a duplication of skills. Like Landon and HaHa kind of do some of the same things you're paying Eric Berry a lot of money to do. So if you didn't have Eric Berry and it was just these two guys back there, oh, yeah, let's go. Give me Landon Collins. Give me HaHa Clinton Dix. I'll put them in the box. I'll let them play cover two. Let's go. But if you have Eric Berry and he's making a whole lot of money, you know, you need to be able to trust that when he comes back, he'll be able to do these things because you don't want to put those guys in a one-high role because, to be honest, and this is hard for you guys to hear, that they're not going to be a whole lot better than, like, Jordan Lucas or Ron Parker back there because that's not what they do best. I almost said I felt like Ron Parker. I'd feel more comfortable as a center field type safety than, than Collins or, or Barry, especially not knowing how Barry is going to be oh, yeah. health-wise with his – with his lower hat. See, see, Ron, Ron takes a lot of, he took a lot of guff for giving up that TD. He wasn't supposed to do that last week. I don't know. That was too deep. He just, hey, he's got pretty good eyes, though. He's got pretty good eyes. It was a mistake. Um, I'm with you. You can't get caught up in the names. It's about football fit. And I I don't think they should give up premium picks for those two guys. They had a, they, they, they were going to get the guy that could have helped their defense. Cause, and remember when I told you guys at the time, you asked me, like, could Earl Thomas and Eric Berry play together? Hell, yeah, they could. It, not only could they play together, that'd be one of the best safety fits in the NFL since Earl and Cam Chancellor. They do different yeah. things. But it's elite. It, that would be an elite tandem of complementary skills. If Eric's right. Right, exactly. So – you know, and also one other thing I liked about that is you could move Murray back to corner. Like, I just thought there were a lot of things you could do. Um, so at this point, it looks like they're just going to roll with what they've got. I've been pleased with Jordan Lucas. Um, they need to continue to coach some of these guys up and hope that they get better. Trade deadline is tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Therese will be on with the drive right after the trade deadline right here on your football station, 610 Sports Radio. Talking about safeties, I want to run this by you. Uh, Ron warned the city earlier today on Show and Vern. You've likely heard it, but you know this city, you know this organization, so your perspective will be interesting. Um, About three, four weeks ago, NFL Network's reporting about the Eric Berry injury. They call it a pain tolerance situation. Mm -hmm. Here we are at week, what, nine? And the Chiefs are yet to put Eric Berry on the IR. Could you foresee the Chiefs putting it out there like this is an Eric Berry thing? Like, hey, if we yeah. want him back, but hey, if he can't manage the pain the way that the and this organization does it well, they tell <laughs> the fans how to feel, almost turning <sighs> fan sentiment against Eric Berry. And we we're, were starting to hear it a little bit. Yesterday. Are you really? Yeah, we started me, to hear it during let me, the post. Let me just help you all out with this. Then I got you. If any of you guys are starting to turn against Eric Berry, shut up, please. Like, stop. Like, don't. Don't even begin to do that. This guy beat cancer. He's got, like, an Achilles issue with the heels. Or what. This hurts. But guess what? If you play on it more, what's it going to do? Get worse. If it gets worse, what's that going to affect? His speed, probably. Is he the fastest safety in the NFL right now? No. Do you want him to be at his absolute best when it absolutely matters? Yeah. I think having Eric Berry sometime in December and whenever the playoffs start is just fine. 
that's when I think you're going to get them. You don't need them right now. This team is 7-1. and one. Just to make your eyes, just to make your viewing experience better on Sunday, you're going to make the playoffs. You're going to win the division. You're probably going to finish with a one or two seed. With a, I just don't think you need him right now. But he has to practice at some point, right? You're going to practice before you here's, play. Football's yeah, not easy. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Guys like Eric Berry, they've seen so much football. Like, their eye, he, he's going to be fine. He can get him one week of practice. He'll be all right. Now, he might not have, like, the greatest endurance, but Eric Berry's an unbelievably hard worker. He's not sitting down in Florida or where he works out in Miami, but he's not sitting down there in Florida getting fat. Like Eric Berry's not 230 right now. He's two he's 210 or 212. He's probably rocked up, rocked up more rocked up than 98% of people will ever be. Come on, he now. will be ready to play when he feels he's ready to play. And if this is a pain management issue, it's best for Eric Berry and it's best for the Chiefs for him to come to this team in December. We're live from Twin Peaks in Olathe. It is the Therese Paler Show. Your chance to win $1,000 in the National Cash Contest. And we'll try to figure out what's going on in Cleveland. That's coming up next. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, back live from yes, Twin sir. Peaks in Olathe. It is the Therese Paler Show presented by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. Join as we are each and every Monday from 6 to 7 by Yahoo Sports senior NFL writer, host of the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast, Therese Paler. Here's your chance to win 1,000 on the 30s mm-hmm. in the National Cash Contest. Text AGREE. To 72881. That's A G R E E. Agree to 72881. Message and data rates may apply. Your next chance to win is tomorrow morning, 7:30, with Fesco and Kling on Fesco in the morning. If you want Chiefs talk and a chance to win a thousand on the 30s, there's only one station in Kansas City that gives you both weekdays from 7 to 7. It just pays to listen to the largest sports radio company in the world. Again, text agree. A G R E E to seven two eight eight one. So Therese, uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs play, which is even with the Red Sox winning a World Championship, the number one story in sports, the Cleveland Browns. What the hell is going on in Cleveland? Todd lost yeah. his job, and, they, and of all people, and I mean I know the NFL and their safety of all people. Bounty hunter himself, Greg <laughs> 2G Williams, gets a job again. <laughs> I love it, man. It's uh, I hear you, though. It's crazy. First of all, I had a column on this at Yahoo, so I hope you guys check this out because I think it has a little bit to do with the Chiefs. And the reason I mentioned that is because, like, you guys have built a great kind of cocoon around your quarterback, and the Browns have done the exact opposite. So when you draft a quarterback number one overall, which they knew they were probably going to do, uh, in January of last year, you want to give him a bright, offensive-minded head coach that he can that he can grow with. That way, he'll have the same terminology year after year. He'll be coached up by the man who actually is leading the team. So, like, it'll all be going the same way, just like the Chiefs have done. Well, the Browns didn't do that, even though they knew they were taking a first round. They, they were spending the number one overall pick on a quarterback. They brought back Hugh Jackson. So, by bringing back Hugh, in my mind. It, it, the problem with that is that 
he he was one in 31 the previous two years, which means the moment they got off to a bad start, he was going to be on the hot seat again, right. which means that he's probably going to get fired. And guess what? You hire an interim coach. So now an interim coach probably won't last. So now by the time you hire a new coach for Baker Mayfield, he will have had what? Three different head coaches and three different offensive coordinators. And Todd that's, Haley. That is the start. That is how, that's how that's literally the beginning of how you create busts. That's how that happens. Now, I also wrote this. The good news for the Browns is that Mayfield is, like, really showing, like, he's showing a lot of gumption and moxie. He's been pretty impressive, even though the Browns stink. And one other thing is this. You look at the Los Angeles Rams and you look at the Chicago Bears, two teams that drafted young quarterbacks high. They both had rough rookie years under their old defensive-minded head coaches, right? And then what did those teams do that offseason? They hired a young, bright offensive mind that specializes in quarterbacks. Look at the Bears, four and three. Look at the um, look at the Rams, eight and zero. You got a this, name? They're still okay. You got a thought? Because 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 our producer Steve Serta is all over What's the Oklahoma head coach. I think it makes sense, but here's the problem: like, <laughs> if this wasn't Cleveland, it'd be ideal. Like Cleveland needs an Andy Reid. Like Cleveland needs a culture changer. Mm. He needs somebody that's gonna. Stop all the leaks out of that building that's going to get everybody on the same page that knows how to, like, uh, work the media and, and, like, change narrative. He needs all – that city needs all that. And I just don't know who else that is, you know. Um, in lieu of that, yeah, a young, bright offensive-minded head coach, that would be a good start. So I was going to say if McCarthy gets let go in Green Bay. The problem, the problem with – if McCarthy gets let go, I like that. But the problem with Lincoln Riley is he ain't changing that culture. Lincoln Riley's too young for that. I got a problem with somebody who is, stinks. who's never, ever been in the NFL at all. Like, McVay I, is young, and, and but he's been in the NFL. Nagy as well. Like, I, I hear you. Like, I, that's a really good counter to that. And that's why I wouldn't do that if I were the Browns. Like, they need a guy who's been in the NFL that can change the culture, who's worked under a coach. You know, the like, Mike McCarthy, he's not young, but he is an offensive mind. Like, so they need to, you know, they need to think about. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? One guy who's not getting enough credit for what the Chiefs are doing offensively, and it's really not fair, is Eric Bieniemy. But Eric Bieniemy is somebody that's got, like, a strong voice, too. Uh, but even if you don't believe, like, he's the guy for that place, because that is a horrific culture. They – they need – I'm thinking somebody like that that's been in the league, that can coach offense, that knows it. Even a problem with Bieniemy, he's not like a quarterback guy. So, Jim look, Caldwell? I'm not, here, I'm not here to tell you, like, who, who? – Jim? Jim Caldwell? No, nah, man, no, nah, man, like, no. I'm, I'm nah, I love Jim. Hey, Jim's a good dude. I'm just saying, but, like, for what the Chiefs need – I'm sorry, for the, what the Browns need, it's not an easy fix for them. It's not. Elsewhere Ooh. in the AFC, Pittsburgh – Pittsburgh's one of the two teams, along with the Patriots, that whenever you talk about possible challengers in the postseason for the Chiefs, it's New England and Pittsburgh. Um, oh, look, look, no, let's stay with the Steelers. How difficult, and you wrote about this, is James Conner making the decision for the Steelers on how to handle Le'Veon Bell? i got to hear this. James Conner is good. He's not Le'Veon Bell good. Okay. He's not Le'Veon. I'm not going there. People would say, like, he's better than Le'Veon. No, no, no. You said he's closing Bell, the gap. He is closing the gap, though. He is. Like, I've talked to people around the league that are telling me that. I had two sources that are like, hey, it's narrow. And I had one guy say they're just as effective. I'm like, oh, okay. So James Conner's changing perspectives of his ceiling. The point is this, though. For what the Steelers need, he's the, he's the best guy for them right now because, 
Le'Veon Bell, him and his offensive lineman, they've had a falling out. This is going to be drama field, right? right? And for better or worse, those guys block for James Conner. They block really hard for James Conner. They're, like, motivated to have that guy have a big season. And guess what? He's on pace to have, like, ten more rushing touchdowns than Bell had last year. Like, it's amazing. And, like, the stat line is, like, similar. Like, Bell had 1,290 rushing yards. Connor's on pace for, like, 1,230 rushing yards. Bell had, like, 685 receiving yards. Connor's on pace for, like, 655. Like, the stat line is, like, really similar. Plus, he's younger. Plus, those guys are playing for him. So if I'm the Steelers, I think they need to entertain a trade because he's not coming back there next year. They need to just get the value for the guy. And they can get it anyway by just letting him hit free agency and getting the compensatory pick. But, you know, look, with Mike Tomlin, you know, they're trying to win right now. How, ben Roethlisberger keeps getting older. I would want that pick now. Um, by the way, Mike Tomlin, he'd be the one exception to my young offensive coach thing. If Pittsburgh's stupid enough to fire Mike Tomlin, you could take him to the Browns. He could bring that Steelers culture to Cleveland, and I like that. And that's what the Browns are like, waiting for. I like for that. to bring the Steelers culture. Because John, John Dorsey Steelers aren't that dumb, though. I don't think they're that dumb. The, the natives in really? Pittsburgh are, like, surprisingly restless. Man. I know. It's crazy, right? But, like, the natives in Pittsburgh are, like, surprisingly restless. But if they fire Mike Tomlin, he'll have six offers by the end of the night. Well, may, maybe, maybe, maybe they go into the Jacksonville route. Maybe maybe they bring somebody like a Tom Coughlin, who then hires a young coach. <laughs> that that oh you mean that he the Browns take, like maybe the Browns not with Dorsey know. on board. Yeah, not with John. Jimmy Haslam paying Dorsey too much for that. Yeah. That he is there, Tom he Coughlin. Is there, Tom Coughlin. I, I get what you're saying though. Like they've taken that first step. What, Haslam made a mistake. He made a mistake. But not just letting Dorsey hire a head coach. Yeah, that's what he should have fired you after the season. You know you're taking a quarterback. Hire the perfect head coach for Baker Mayfield. And actually, you know what? That's probably Lincoln Riley. He knows the kid. Right. They can run the same things. The only problem with that is that the culture is so bad there. Like, <laughs> like but with, the, but with the way that Dorsey's flip gutted that whole situation yeah, out there is so much turnover i mean doris has his own issues with like management of people and stuff so like that's what i'm like you know it ain't like andy like andy you can hire andy and andy's gonna be like hey all right i got this okay just let me hire my gm i got it right you got he'll it. turn it around but like you know uh you hadn't coached grown men yet that's that that's, that's hey run i'm different. not here to tell you that yeah that's just, i'm, I'm that's here to tell you to you know this is actually kind of scary i'm actually Brett, glad you brought that up like it's actually kind of scary ron because I don't know if there is a perfect solution for those guys. Like, I'm dead serious, man, and that's terrifying. Because, uh, like, hiring someone like McCarthy, who's done it before, I don't necessarily get that he's, like, inspiring men. No. He might be, like, a Super Bowl head coach, but, like, eh, plus he's older. I, I like guys with something to prove. you got to try to find the next Sean McVay, Matt Nagy, and that's actually what the next few weeks and few months should be about for those guys. So, Therese, if we all acknowledge Patriots-Steelers um – if the Texans, Ron brought up Deshaun Jackson, if the Texans bring in a Deshaun Jackson or the Chargers, they both have two, three defensive playmakers to go along with their offensive weapons. Do we maybe not fear them? Well, you guys in Kansas City know better than to take anything for granted in sure. the playoffs. Houston could come here in but, mid-January and, like... But aside right, okay. uh, aside from the boogeyman okay. that Chiefs fans <laughs> are all afraid of, all right. your football I, sure. I don't really worry. I don't really worry about the Texans that much. I don't think they're that well coached, Chargers? to be honest. That, that's, that uh, I'm not worried. The Chargers, 
when is when is Joey Bosa coming back? And that's if question. Bosa comes back with Mel Ingram, then I'm a little worried. But you know, um, one thing I will say, not even the Chargers, like the Chiefs have owned Philip Rivers. Like they just he throws a lot of interceptions against these guys for whatever reason. So even those two teams really don't worry me that that much outside of the boogeyman. I'm, I'm gonna start using that. I like that. Your chance to take on Therese. Hit us up on Twitter at 610SportsKC. Text line's always open for you as well, 69306. Text line has a good one. On the other side, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose the question of this, of this Let's coach. Let's hear it. What is the question? Therese. No, I'm, that's a tease. Oh. <laughs> that's a tease, that's Ron a tease. said. That's a tease, baby. We're back with the answer to that tease right after this. The Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, welcome back live from Twin Peaks in Olathe. It is the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. This and every Monday from 6 to 7 right here on your football station, 610 Sports Radio. Well, show we all sit with bated breath. Let's hear this. Yeah, text. from the text line. Uh, it was actually um, a gentleman that's uh, here live at Twin Peaks. My man he right said, here. Uh, my man right here, he said, um, what about Dave Tobe? Dave Tobe is a possible head coach for the Browns. I like Dave. He's not offensive-minded like you said. Dave Dave is honest with players, and that would be helpful in some ways. Uh, I do like him as a head He will be a head coach in this league. Um, if I'm the Browns, though, I don't. I'm either hiring an established guy with a track record that's done it before and carries immediate clout as a head coach or an offensive-minded young quarterback guru. There's no in-between there. Like, they got to have either or to make it work. That place is so toxic. Cleveland's been in, like, any given Sunday football hill for 20 years. Oh, my. Like, there's no, like, there's no wiggle room there for, like, what they need to turn it around. I like Dave Tobe. I'm just not sure that – I'm not sure that would even be best for him, to be honest. I don't know if this – well, I'm asking it. It seems like a question to Therese. I don't know if it's a troll job to show, but here we go. From the 5-6-3, Therese, did Bob Sutton playing Marcus Peters on one side of the field contribute to his success as a <laughs> chief? Oh, yeah. Oh, let's hear that. Uh, no. The only reason Marcus Peters is struggling right now is because he's hurt. That's it. Marcus Peters doesn't all of a sudden suck because he's in a system traveling from side to side. That's not – he doesn't – Marcus Peters doesn't just suck right now. He's hurt. Um, you know, he was carried off the field with a calf injury, and he's trying to be a warrior and play through it. I don't care what people say otherwise. I mean, that, in my mind, that's what's going on. And when he gets healthy again, I'm sure he's going to take everything everyone's people saying, everything people saying, and he'll use it as motivation to have a good season. Now, that said, Chiefs fans, you should be lucky Marcus Peters isn't ripping it up right now. You should feel good about that. It makes it hurt a whole lot less. I mean, uh, until, until you start talking about the trades, like when we would dive deep into that Patrick Peterson trade, you'd mention a second-round pick, and then you'd, you realize that you can't have a conversation about Patrick Peterson without Marcus Peters being ever-present yeah. in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, that's how that goes. But the good news for him is that it's amazing. That trade they swung, that they swung with Washington, that was a good deal for both sides. Yep. She's got a third-round pick and Kendall Filler, who's a solid player. And the Redskins, 
They're five and two. First place. <laughs> they're doing that. This is the Alex Smith special. Oh, I mean, question, <laughs> I mean they're going to finish 10 and six or whatever. Woo! And that first round division. playoff game in, in Washington, boy. Woo! But you know what, though? For Washington, Good man, for this is what they needed, man. They've been 7-9 and 7-9. and nine. This is what they needed. Alex has been good for them. You can make a, you can make the argument they've won the trade. If they win that division and they get a first-round playoff game, he will have done what they brought him there to do, stabilize that thing, give them quality quarterback play, and help bring them together as a team. Well, so good for Alex Smith. Yeah, he sure as hell has been better than slots open. Who made his first unbelievable interception? I know you didn't just call Kittle slots Fuller open, slots baby. open. He made Listen, an unbelievable, wait a minute, wait a minute. An unbelievable wait a minute. interception. <laughs> he is he has been rough. He has been <laughs> rough. You slots admit, open. That's a solid name. I li- slots open. <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So you have adjusted your pinata from Scandal. Oh, oh no, Fuller. Oh, Orlando, who is who is floored every time he is called for defensive holding, <laughs> which he could be called for. Every Replay. Who is floored? No, 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 no. He's no. so indignant about oh, it. Oh, he is floored. What are you talking like, about? What? Me? What are you doing? You grab yeah. him around the, the neck? You can't do that. <laughs> he argues more with the refs than Tim Duncan. It's just like, you yeah, know. He's, he's up there with LeBron, and, and that's tough for me to say. That's Question great. from Twitter, and Travis writes in, Therese, what do you think of Jordan Lucas when Dirty, Dirty Dan starts playing oh, again? Oh, God. I, stop slots open. I'm, what? I'm sorry. Um, look, Lucas does different things than, than Sorensen. Sorensen needs to be around the box. Not a linebacker, but he needs to be around the box. You know, Lucas is better playing in coverage. He's fast, and he's diagnosing faster, too. I actually like him a little bit in some of that single high stuff. They're different players. They do Their, their skill sets are different. But don't get it twisted. Daniel Sorensen will help this team, especially until Eric Berry comes back. And special teams as well. Yeah, with him, absolutely. I, I, I do have this from the nine one three, and they are losing their second best special teamer in Terrence Smith. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like, yeah, that that matters. That helps. Um, it, this was interesting to me because uh, we talked about it earlier, and this is a question that's on the text line from nine one three. I was surprised that there wasn't more linkage with the offensive line. Now you're in your third center start. Your third center starting. LDT is out. Like, I don't know how much of that had to do with Pat or does that have to do with this offensive line is just playing better? Yeah, I'm not going to take anything away from the line. Like, they've gotten better this year, but some uh, uh, a decent amount has to do with Pat. You're third center. Like, Pat, Pat, like, gets the ball out quicker. He throws with more velocity. Um, you know, he, he escapes pressure. They should have, like, four sacks, four or five sacks that they otherwise probably would have had. Like, you know, Pat's got his role in there. But I will say this, he's a younger player. So he's been getting help with making some of these calls. So, like, give credit to, like, Mitch Morris and then, like, whoever else helps. Now he's been hurt up front making some of these calls. Um, you know, it's a team effort. Give him credit. It's okay. When you're winning, everybody gets credit. It's okay. Jay Binkley coming up at 7 o'clock. Bink at, at night. Nights. Another one from Twitter at 610 Sports KC. Therese, is it just me or does this draft look better as the season progresses? Oh, yeah, they're all getting better. Like I told you guys, when you draft – Rookies, they typically end up sucking early on. You know what I mean? Like, it takes a while for them to learn, and they got to play. They got to get their XP points so you can level them up in their awareness of play recognition. That's how that goes. I always said that they'd be a lot better next year than they would be this year. But that process is starting to speed up a little bit. Dorian O'Daniel, looking all right. You know? Speak about him a little bit. My, I really, first of all, I like the like, speed with which that he kind of plays at that position. 
um, this was a guy who, like, covered slot receivers in college. Um, and I think he can really help you covering, like, underneath. I, I, I like kind of the way he's developed. Breland Speaks is coming around a little bit, too. And you guys are going to see when he's putting his hand in the dirt more, go. like, he's going to be a really good player here. So, like, Derek Nottie's already always giving you kind of like the stout, you know, run stopper. That's just what he is. That's great. You know, just wait till they add to this defensive core through this next draft. You'll see. They might even move up and get a stud defensive edge rusher. This There's a lot of them in this draft, baby. This is funny. I mean, this Browns coaching thing is really taking off from the 913. The Browns should go after Jim Harbaugh. I don't even want to say this last name, but I'll finish the question. Or Charlie Weiss. Thoughts? Okay, somebody's just, trolling this, so yeah, I'm not going to address that. That's Charlie funny, Rice. right? Harbaugh's interesting. There's no way John, Jim Harbaugh and John Dorsey will get along. None. Because like Harbaugh would never listen to Dorsey. Dorsey is old school and would get pissed. There's no way. So, like, I, that would be over John's objections. Now, for Baker, you know, yeah, John's, Jim's a really good, like, quarterback coach. Yeah, look um, what he's done to Shea Patterson. Yeah, like, he's done a nice job there. I, I get that. But, like, Cleveland's a mess, and, like, Jim generally has, like, drama around him. You know, the only reason it's not really there at Michigan is because, like, he makes, like, $10 million a year and he owns the school. So, you know, but, like, I, I don't really like him for Cleveland. And it's not just because I root for Michigan. It's because, like, they need somebody a little more stable than Big Jim. With all the turnover on the offensive line, has Patrick Mahomes already made the position obsolete? No. No, 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 no. Put him behind uh, Seattle's line from two years ago and see how it'd go. He'd be running for his life. The moment Patrick Mahomes gets hurt for the season, your season's over. It's over. What about so, like, that Baker situation? You know, you don't want that. So, no, you got to protect the guy. And they've done a nice job giving, like, look, Mitchell Schwartz is a really good player. Um, Eric Fisher's gotten better. Like, they, you know, they, they can pass block. No one ever can say they can pass. My issue with them has always been, hey, it's third and one. Can you line up and drive somebody off the ball? Like, that's, hey, and, like, they know them guys up front, like, yeah, I'm a big guy too. We talk. You know, they know how I feel about it. It's okay. But they also know I really respect them because as a pass blocking offensive line, they're pretty good. Um, They've actually been better in the short yarder situations too. So this is a good, look, it's a good group. The offensive line will always matter in the NFL especially since they can't practice as much anymore, and that makes it really hard to work on technique. So actually what they do bring to the table, which is that plus pass blocking, is actually kind of hard to find because you can't just drill in that in pads anymore. Like, you got limits on that because of the new CBA. Anthony Hitchens is week to week with severely bruised ribs, <laughs> according to a report. You seen DJ around town? If it gets worse, <laughs> if it gets worse, bring 5-6 in. Make Ben Neiman give up that number. <laughs> it's so weird seeing Neiman wear 56 and Derek Nottie wear number 91. I mean, I know that's football. That's, 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 that's proof. I mean, that's proof that this game doesn't wait for anybody. But, um, eh, eh. look, if this thing is longer than a few weeks or he, like, re-aggravates it and he's out for, like, a month, yeah, bring him back because he knows the defense. And he can fit right into that position. What's funny is Andy Reid made Frank Zombo's injury as if that's the only one of any significance. We find out severely bruised ribs, and we don't know what's going on with Tyreek Hill. Uh, we'll find out Wednesday when we hear from the head coach. Therese, we'll talk to you next Monday. Let's order whatever it is that is uh, wafting through the air right now. Dang, I couldn't, I couldn't get show to smell like wings. Bob's got it. I just could, my my three-week three week, uh, run. <laughs>
Big Cat Night is coming up next. Thanks to everybody out here at Twin Peaks in Olathe. It is the Therese Paler Show this and every Monday night, 6 o'clock on your football station, 610 Sports Radio. Uh, Rex Ryan, how much? This has been the Therese Paler Show, presented by Bud Light, official beer sponsor.